Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. And Josh Dobbs just keeps taking me higher to a place where blind men see. I've got nothing to add to that. I was going to make a Creed joke, too. So just assume I said that I'm Arif from Wide Left Podcast. Substack. Can I do that again? <laughs> Hi, I'm uh, Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings. And Arif, no, you can't. Vikings talk, Minnesota football party now. Locked on sports, Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota football party. What is up on a Monday morning, a five game winning streak for your Minnesota Vikings. Yes, indeed. They beat the Saints 27-19. And this is the show that you tune into to hear about it i'm sam ekstrom you met luke braun you met arif Hassan. luke inman is in mexico he sent me some thoughts on the game maybe we'll get to those and react to those uh sounds like he illegally streamed it south of the border so good job luke on that uh we'll get him back next week we'll get a reef's take on yesterday's game we'll talk about josh dobbs another big performance in his home debut defense keeps improving TJ Hawkinson playing like the best tight end in the NFL? Maybe so. And one of us won their parlay yesterday. Find out who as the show progresses. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thank you all who are watching on Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube and listening on the Locked On Vikings feed, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We're also streaming on your Roku devices, Amazon Fire, News On app on the Locked On Sports Minnesota feed, and the 24-7 YouTube live stream on Locked On Sports Minnesota, myriad ways to watch and listen. Luke Braun, the Vikings have won five in a row. Josh Dobbs keeps balling the first half yesterday specifically it's as good as it gets is it not yeah i'm like so in <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so ready for this team to hurt me <laughs> uh, about baby <laughs> yeah this is this is like the main thing I, I said on locked on vikings is you know i came away from the atlanta game with a bunch of questions about josh Dobbs, about like you know yeah okay all of that was cool but can you do it in a more sustainable way what happens uh, you know, when he has to actually go through these reads and progressions, what happens when a team spies him with this, which the saints did a whole bunch. Mm -hmm. uh, and Dennis Allen actually lamented after the game, how bad a job they did at spying him, even though they had a spy for him, but they still, but he still ran around on them. All of the, those questions got answered in that game. Um, and it made me feel a lot more comfortable with the idea of just rolling with Josh Dobbs from here on out. No doubt. Arif Hassan, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's fun. I, I don't I don't know that he's, like, good, but he's fun. And I, that kind of matters, right? Like, I don't know. It's just, like, to me, it's all, like, the fact that the Vikings are in it after losing their starting quarterback is kind of all, it's all gravy from here, right? It, it kind yeah, of, it's, it's all that matters. Money. Yeah, exactly. And so, um yeah, I've got concerns about sustainability going forward. I need more than like one game for me to have those uh, concerns assuaged. But like he well, does... he's given you two games, Arif. So how many do you one need? Game, one game with the offense. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, 
So I, I feel like, you know, hey, you know, he missed this here. Hey, he had some issues here. The timing is off here, which obviously that should get corrected over the course of the season. Whatever, right? Like, that's fine. If I wanted to, like, break down all of the ways that Josh Dobbs could potentially hurt the Vikings, that'd be easy. But, like, the only reason he can do that is because people like Luke are have suddenly become emotionally available to the Smitten. Vikings. <laughs> yeah and so well i mean yeah and that's cool like how many yeah that's that that's happen. life becoming yeah. emotionally available to the vikings when you absolutely should not that's fandom baby yeah yeah and so that's that's the that's the bit right that's the cool part that's the part we should be talking about like how awesome is it that he can get you to buy in for a franchise that historically just keeps telling you you can't buy in you do not gotta buy in we are a franchise of red flags don't buy in right that's what they are right and josh Dobbs is like hey you ever heard of the past or not like okay yeah i'm in let's go i am ready to be heard again and that was that nasa that officially coined it last week with their tweet or was this something that surrounded him before he came to minnesota or is the pastronaut I, brand new is this I, no idea. I, I did not investigate the etymology of pastronaut nasa seems to the way they tweeted it seems to they they mentioned that it had already existed as a nickname so it seems like they had picked up on so do let's else. do some live research if i just twitter search the word pastronaut i shouldn't see results for it prior to last sunday in theory. I mean, you should based off of the thing I just said, but yeah. The problem is it takes a long time to scroll from now until last you, week because a lot of tweets have you, used you the can, word You can use date parameters in your Twitter search. I don't know how to do that. I don't pay okay. for the, the advanced Twitter, Arif. Um, that's, that's not, not a paid you don't feature. Need that. Yeah, that's a normal feature that they've always had. Still, blame Elon. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, the these backups, is there another franchise that has this type of luck? with backup quarterbacks because they do it to you immediately too. Like Keenum came in in his first start. He right. had that sick game against Tampa. What? Before body. that, it was Pittsburgh, which yeah, was concerning. Yeah, the first one. Yeah, uh, the Pittsburgh game was bad. Fair enough. Philly got a ring off of this, so I feel like they got to take this. They've got a little edge. But, it, it, but if you talk about like quantity, numerous, right? Yeah. yeah, if you want to talk about frequency of good, then sure. Like... Uh, Us having a hard time putting together a five list. Right. How do we feel about Joe Webb also being added to that list of, yeah, I think I could believe in this guy. I feel like he goes in a similar place to me where it's like, yeah, this is a bad idea. I'm all in. (laughs) (laughs) I know where this is headed and I'm ready for it. Like, yeah, yeah. That's it. Like there are absolutely signs that this is going to turn into a pumpkin eventually, right? Like you're not going to just show up and suddenly Joshua Dobbs in year six is suddenly like going to play phenomenal quarterback every week and take you to the promised land. It's going to turn into a pumpkin. They'll take some losses. Maybe they won't make the playoffs. Maybe they'll just get bounced in the first round of the playoffs as a seven seed or something like that. Oh my God. Who cares? This is so much fun. Yeah. But can, can you live your life with a heart that closed? I say no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, but I'm like the crap out of the next seven games, even if the eighth one burns me. Like, who cares? So the to me, the question is, 
do you treat Josh Dobbs like the Vikings treated Case Keenum if they go on a similar run? That's the like question, right? <laughs> well, like, yeah, that, every that week, will be the million dollar thing, right? Where we'll every week for a month Kevin O'Connell refuses to endorse him. Even in that well, sense. besides that part, <laughs> yeah, will and, we get a big balls reference from Kevin O'Connell? That's my <laughs> God, that would rule so hard. That would rule. And much like with Case Keenum, there's another quarterback recovering from an injury who like probably would have been the starter without it. Yeah. And now we're just kind of waiting to see, wait, does Jaron Hall actually take over? They did have him above on the depth chart before. Do they still like, do they go with the hot hand? Like now we're going right, to have yeah. that. Like what, and, what, and there's a weird contract situation involving literally Kirk Cousins. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> how, do you, how do you figure that? So, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for the mess. Yeah, and it is going to be a mess if he continues to play this way. And for a second straight week, guys, I know we're talking about the pumpkin thing, and I agree with that. There's an expiration date on these things. But I thought, again, the arm talent was there. It wasn't all his legs. Some of the throws he made in the first half on and off schedule were really fantastic. And there were no turnovers in the game for the first time all year for the Minnesota Vikings. So there is more, like, the sustainability part of it wriggling out of like crazy pressure and rushing for touchdowns, maybe not every week, but the throws, the understanding of the offense and the routes that all seem to be pretty strong. Arif. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, he still missed some, right. But like, yeah, I don't know. The, the second half was like very tepid. Yeah. I don't like, I wouldn't say alarming is maybe not the word I would use, mm-hmm. but like, it was very like, God, we gotta, gotta like move the ball a little bit, man. And we were not moving the ball a little bit. They, um, they moved it a little bit. They were in field goal range three times, and then missed they missed one, and they had a sack that knocked them out of another one. Like it wasn't how, all three. Yeah, well, that's part of well, it. First of all, a sack is definitely taking a sack as part of the quarterback evaluation for Sam. But second, well, I'm sorry, the holding call knocked him out of field goal range. The sack was a, a direct result of the holding call. So there's, a, you know, half and half. Oh, okay. <laughs> but like, what was the what was the missed field goal? Like a 54 yarder or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Chip shot. <laughs> Let's let's not pretend they moved the ball. Sam. <laughs> they had to do a better job of that. Um, and I, I, and think I think driving that vibe too is the t- the back to back run 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 punt drives at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's part of it. Um, it's also frustrating. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, I I do think that there were like opportunities that were missed that were probably a product of not having comfort within the offense. Something that I think will continue going forward, uh, etc. But like, yeah, I mean. I don't I don't know that you could have expected anything better than like I don't know. It's it's hard for me to escape the house money mentality on this one. Like, yeah, I, I do think that there were some signs that you were just like, ah, it would have been nice if he'd gotten this, right? But yeah, I mean, I think that I, I think that the fact that his escapability, his athleticism seems to continuously translate is is extremely nice, right? Like, you know, you're watching last week's game or the week prior game, you know, you see him like get out of these sacks and you're just like, I just, I don't know how long he can consistently do that. He does it against the saints. This dude is so strong, man. Like we, we talk a lot about his athleticism. We talk a lot about, you know, his quickness and stuff like that. And that's great. Those are all a very important part of the package. 
But this guy's like strong and he's got great balance. It's nuts. Like the that balance. Ain't... Yeah. Yeah. So that's like that's like nice to have too. Normally, when you see quarterbacks like shaking off sacks from 300 pounders, they themselves are like 265. Josh Dobbs is just like he's just not going to take him down. Like that's just not who he is. <laughs> the the cool. numbers advantage that you get with mobility at quarterback is driving a lot of this difference. Even though Dobbs is not as accurate as as Kirk doesn't have the arm that Kirk has. Um, the numbers advantage of mobility is what O'Connell is now like using, like in that wildcat touchdown to Ty Chandler motion, the quarterback out, you get something from the quarterback. The quarterback essentially took the safety out of that play with that motion by forcing the safety to shade over to the other side. Um, not getting Kirk cousins. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, they're not doing that with Kirk cousins. So we're going to leave that receiver uncovered. There's a scramble in the i think the third quarter where like if kirk is checking that down he throws it to ty chandler and ty chandler has a one-on-one make one guy miss and you have an explosive play which is fine right that's uh, a situation you either kind of get back to the line of scrimmage and you survived lived another day on a check down or maybe he makes a guy miss and it turns into a great play but when dobbs keeps it and then scrambles out that way and chandler becomes a blocker a one-on-one situation becomes a two-on-one situation. And like that isn't going to go away. Like that's just the value of being mobile. Um, And I think if you can keep making those plays, you don't have to ask yourself to throw the crazy, stupid tight windows that, uh, that, that Kirk kind of made a living on in the last couple of years. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the safety net right now is TJ Hawkinson, who is carrying this Jeffersonless, Cousinsless offense. He is second in the league in catches, not amongst tight ends, amongst everybody. Keenan Allen and TJ Hawkinson. And I think Keenan Allen got Keenan 75% <laughs> of all yeah. his catches against the Vikings. <laughs> we we sort of let that happen, huh? Yep. Yeah. That's that's Whoops. on that's on Minnesota. Um, Hawkinson, of course, leads all tight ends in catches, leads all tight ends in yards. Um, Is he in the conversation for best tight end in the NFL right now? Like, no. Why? Nope. Why? Uh, Travis Kelsey is better. I don't know how else to put it. (laughs) Um, Is he? I thought he's like old now. He is old now, and he's also better now. I don't know. I hear his game has taken a dive since he started dating a celebrity. Yeah, that's the rumor. <laughs> yeah, that's that's too he's bad. He's got to pry him out of Argentina. Argentina. He's not. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I Travis Kelsey is like like better, right? Um, he also like Hawkinson has played like two more games than him, so you know that's part of the yardage question. But like, yeah, part of the reason Kelsey gets a lot of yards is because there's not a ton of supporting cast around him. Part of the reason that Hawkinson's getting a ton of yards right now is because Jefferson is out. Um, that's part of it. But I also think that like Hawkinson is not always making good on just from a catching perspective, not always making good on the faith that cousins gave him or that Dobbs gives him. And he misses some easy catches and and Kelsey really doesn't. Right. And so I would push back on easy. Relatively easy. 
I can check on the contested catch rate. It's probably not incredible, but it's also well. Okay, the contested catch rate is bad. That's that is also an additional concern on top of the relatively easy catches. He also is not winning contested catches at a rate commensurate with high level tight ends. That is also a concern. Um, So is is the note that like when the defensive back swipes at the ball, he just has to like get his arms out in front of that. Cause that's what, like what's happening. He has to hold on to the ball. I don't know what else to like no, before it oh. get like it gets then, to yeah. him. Like, yes. Like somebody's coming up over the top of him and swipe. Like to me, that's just a good DB play. And I don't know how much yeah. the receiver can do about that. And this happened yesterday where I think upon replay, it was pretty clearly not a catchable ball for TJ Hawkinson. I looked, he is, uh, 31st in contested catch rate amongst tight ends. He's also received 31st. the most the most contested targets in the NFL, five out of 16. So it, we're talking about three balls, right? He turns five into eight out of 16, and suddenly he's... That's the he's, job? I don't know what to tell you. That's the and job. Suddenly he's I mean, yeah, 12. It's, it's, football is a small sample world. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I mean... Again, you're asking if he's the best tight end in the NFL, Sam. So, yes, he has to get better at stuff in order to be the best tight end in the NFL. Uh, if you're asking if he's a Pro Bowl quality tight end, that's a different question. Yeah, I'm I'm willing to say that those things are relatively small. But if we're comparing him to someone like a Travis Kelsey, like, yeah, you got to win your contested catches. Yeah, you got to drop the ball a little less. Like, I, that's not a weird thing. Like, we're we're talking about it like I'm calling this guy like a bad tight end. I'm not. He's a great tight end. But he's, he's playing through best. pain, Arif. He's Great. playing That's through fantastic. pain. He's gutting it out. Okay, fantastic. He's doing much more than I would expect of any football player, much less any human. It's incredible. It's a heroic feat. Travis Kelsey's a better tight end. That's not like an insult. <laughs> like, what, there, what, do you, what do you want there, me to do? The, the only thing I have to add is with... Like, there's only two teams that I know of that are basing their offense around a tight end in like both the run and the pass and having their tight end kind of be the the starting point from where everything else branches off and that is the Chiefs and Vikings um uh maybe Baltimore depends on how important I am super unfamiliar with Baltimore so sure uh that like I haven't watched all I've only watched the teams the Vikings have played but the Chiefs do that with Kels like everything follows Kelsey um, even, you know, the shot plays that don't go to Kelsey, he still has a really important job in chipping and then running out to, to, uh, a, a route that is supposed to pin a corner in the right way or something like that. Which Hawkinson I'll say Kelsey, by the well. way, is a better blocker as well than Hawkinson. Hmm. Hawkinson very much holding his own as a blocker though. Like I would, yes. I, I don't disagree with you. Also wouldn't say that Hawkinson is doing a bad or even average job. I think he's above average. He's, he's no uh, Josh Oliver. I, I wouldn't say above average, but yeah, he's certainly holding his own. Okay. Um, yeah. So, like the 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 role itself is part of this, which adds this kind of like degree of difficulty. Um, yeah, I think if you're going to say is he the best tight end in the league, that's fair enough. The the standard has to go above. I guess like what we usually are talking about. Um. But I think I like I have 
gotten really annoyed with the DJ Hawkinson stuff because it's very clear that the second a guy gets paid, every tiny little thing is going to be like exploded in our minds, like a lot mm -hmm. in a way that I don't think is fair. Like I, once you get paid, the standard goes up. Sure. But I think it happens like way too much. Like I've, I've been joking, like wait until Justin Jefferson gets paid that little drop that he had a couple weeks before he got hurt. Oh my God, we're all, go everybody's going to freak out about it and, and yeah. say that he like is lazy now that he got paid or something like that. You're going to hear the most insane takes you'll ever hear. Once Justin Jefferson gets paid, it happens to everybody. It sucks. And I hate it. Um, nerdy stats. And we talk about Brian Flores's defense after this word from game time. Buying tickets can be stressful. Might not be a lot of deals. There might be hidden fees. You might not be able to find the seats you want. Well, if those things are happening to you, you're probably not using Game Time and the Game Time app, which offers you the best possible deals to upcoming games, concerts, events in your city. They've got last minute ticket deals, flash deals to get you in the door at the last possible second at a great price they give you the view from the seat so you know exactly what you're buying what to expect when you arrive no obstructed views when you show up that you weren't expecting not with game time they're giving you the all-in price up front fees included so there's nothing hidden no surprises when you hit purchase you're getting these tickets in seconds folks open the app click 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 and you're headed to the next big game the next big concert the next big event so check out game time download it now the game time app create an account and use the code locked on nfl for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create your account redeem code locked on nfl l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n-n-f-l for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Analytics fans rejoice. It's time to get educated. Whoa, you're blowing my mind right now. With the nerdy stat of the day. My favorite segment of the week, nerdy stat of the day, our nerdiest numbers and analytics from the previous day in the NFL. Um, also, we thank the folks for watching us on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Please subscribe. And every dayers. You can catch Chris Carter on tomorrow on this channel with Ron Johnson. CC, RJ, talking Vikings football tomorrow on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Don't miss that. Nerdy stat of the day. Luke Braun, take it away. So I'm going to recycle the same one that I said on the postcast. Uh, the Saints got 13 possessions in this game. A couple of them were a, a little bit less quality possessions than others. They had a couple at the like end of the half. Um, but of those 13 and including a couple of those shorter ones, seven of those saints possessions did not generate a first down, uh, and eight of them constituted three offensive plays or fewer, uh, the or fewer. Yeah. Well, cause one was like a hail Mary. One was yeah. the two play thing at the end of the half. One was a three play drive that got a first down, but then on first and 10 was an interception. So it was the same amount of plays as a three and out, but there was a first down in there. So it depends on how you want to define things, but most of the saints possessions and 13 is an above average at 12, I guess is a normal number. So there was a lot of punting back and forth. The defense had to get a lot of stops. And while it felt 
rough to have them drive down the field twice on you with Jameis Winston. You didn't prepare for him in his style. Those weren't sustainable. My God, those Jameis Winston's throws were completely insane. Yeah, uh, it's, nobody's going to get you on that. Plays. Yeah, <laughs> and they yeah. shouldn't try. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the defense got a lot of stops and kind of needed to carry this game to the end when the offense sputtered out partially because of Dobbs taking sacks or whatever, partially because of Kevin O'Connell going into hyper conservative turtle mode. Crazy. Uh, the defense had to really step up. Let me just tack on to that with my nerdy stat of the day related to the Jameis Winston throws, which I am not going to knock Brian Mur- uh, Byron Murphy for one bit because his position on both was not bad. He was just on the wrong end of the most improbable completion of the week per next gen stats on the Olave touchdown completion probability 10.5%. The next closest 22.5% of the week. So yeah, it's extremely Jameis. Twice as improbable as the next. And then the touchdown to A.T. Perry, the sixth most. Im- and I don't e- I think this is even more improbable than what they're putting because they take into account air yard, like air yards. That wasn't that long of a throw, but in literal air yards, like right. the yards, the ball traveled as, as the crow the flies. Yeah. yeah. As the crow flies, that was even more improbable, I think, and probably should be number one and two. Um, instead of one and six, I, I don't. I don't want to give Murphy complete absolution on that one, but I get it, right? Like, no quarterback throw, not even Mahomes throws that. That one was nuts. But it was <laughs> like floating in the air for a second, and he misjudged yeah. the like. So, like, there there are some notes to do better. Uh, did he make up for it? Yeah, I think so. But <laughs> but I I, I don't want to give complete absolution on that one. I guess play the ball better. Like I felt like he That's had it. his arms in a good spot on both, and the receiver. I, 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 I think he just play. like Gotta missed, win the yeah. timed and mis uh, evaluated where the ball was going. Which you know, you're up against a six four guy. There's only so much you could do. So I don't I don't want to knock him too hard for that. But I mean, he made up for it. So who cares? Um, minority stat. So. Presuming that Justin Jefferson comes back next week, which I think everyone is kind of like, that seems likely, right? Um, The top three receivers for every team by total yardage, if we look at their average yards per game, so I'm taking an average of an average, um, the Vikings rank number one in average yards per game among their top three yardage getters at receiver. And I say that because obviously I'm including tight end TJ Hawkinson. Um, so Minnesota 80.9, the LA Chargers who will not be getting Mike Williams back 78.8 Houston Texans, which congrats to them, man. Like tank Dell, Nico Collins. Yeah. Things are happening. Yeah. Dell got hurt yesterday, but they're really good. Okay. That's, I hope he's better. Yeah, me too. Philadelphia Eagles, 72.2 Miami Dolphins, 68.8. So, yeah, among the top three receivers, the Vikings have the highest average yards per game. I think that's pretty cool. Assuming Justin Jefferson comes back. I As am not stands. convinced he comes back this week, but it is definitely possible. I think the I, team... I'm sure they'll feel I th- it out. I, don't, like, I actually think it's a little bit preordained. Like I think they have a plan regardless of how he feels. I think That's that they what they've might- been saying. Yeah, like they've got like a here's our predetermined timeline. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, not so nerdy, but a stat nonetheless. Currently, Justin Jefferson is 25th in the league in receiving yards. After five, five <laughs> After and change five games. games. <laughs> That's, That's disgusting. so stupid. Um, by the way, the bottom of the league in average yards per game among top three receivers. So the Vikings have like 80, right? And all of these guys at the top of like 70. At the bottom, the New York Giants at 34.4. <laughs> the Titans at 37.9. The Packers at 39.7. They have half. It's half. Half the Vikings. Uh, and then the Patriots and, and upcoming Broncos, 42.1, 40.2. So. Uh, uh, Patricia Trena at Locked On Giants is inconsolable right now. Mm. She is struggling, <laughs> and who can blame her? After watching both of those Dallas games, yeah. Oh my goodness, yeah. I'd, I'd be ready. I, I don't, it turns out have not had that kind of run in with the Packers over the course of one season, right? Like no, no, because they've like gotten that. dusted, but then they'll make a game at least make a game out of the other one. Right. Yeah. Like the other one's like, oh, it was like almost a tie. Like if, if yeah. they do happen to get swept by the Packers, it's like at least one of them was close. This is like just they, like they got smoked yeah. in 2020 week one and then they came back in Lambeau and won a stupid win game. Yeah. Yeah. But like the this Giants thing is just like, man, you sure you want to play professional football? That's rough. <laughs> I think some of them, the answer should not be yes. <laughs> um, there was a lot of debate about which team would regress harder, the Vikings or the Giants. And I think we have our answer. Um, now that both teams have gotten down to their third string quarterback. Their third one string. Of them, yeah. one of them is still. I mean, the, Vi the Vikings are close. really honestly at their fourth string. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Nick. Yeah. Nick Mullins was the number two. Yeah. And I mean, he's the I one can't... that took the reps in camp. We talk about how important that is, right? It's we're gonna yeah. if we're gonna use it to make excuses for Joshua Dobbs, which by the way, we should. We should also like point out, like, hey, Nick Mullins took all the reps of the twos. Yeah. Yeah, it's just unfathomable to think about like the breaks that you need to find a player like Dobbs and put him in this position. Because if Nick Mullins is healthy, his back doesn't give out, and I don't even know when it had like practice, I assume. Not in a game. Um, you're not even in this position. You're probably <laughs> talking about game. just running out yeah. the clock with Nick Mullins on the season and you know finding your next yeah. quarterback. Hey, we 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 keep talking about how Shanahan's so good at finding quarterbacks. Why was his fourth quarterback Josh Johnson? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> where was where where was your trade for Josh Dobbs? Yeah. <laughs> um, I do have to just throw this in, and this is embarrassing to admit. Um, I don't watch college football. Like I I passively watch. I passively watch the Gophers because they're the local team and we cover them here at Locked On Sports Minnesota. I care about them. I don't watch college football outside of, of that generally. Mm -hmm. I did watch, I was on a bus for work, watching um, Oregon USC, pretty much the whole thing. And Caleb Williams, even though they lost, is pretty sick. fun. He, he is, is fun. awesome. And if the Chicago Bears choose to stick with Justin Fields over that guy they are fools they are fools like that would even, even if they take Marvin Harrison thinking he's going to solve Justin Fields problems they are fools got to go with Caleb Williams uh, the Bears don't hold the number one pick do they the Cardinals yes, they, they oh, hold okay. the Panthers number one pick right yeah, yeah yeah I thought it was I thought it was Cardinals Panthers Bears Cardinals won nope, right now it's uh, oh right! Oh, that's silly. Panthers, Giants, Cardinals. I think. 
Wow. All right. Yeah, Kyler is going to play the Cardinals out of the pick that they would use to replace Kyler. To replace smart. him? Yeah, I mean, good for him. <laughs> That's yeah. a survival tactic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kirk's been doing it for years. <laughs> uh, Vikings defensive conversation after a word from FanDuel. Told you what to do, folks. I told you how to get $150 free dollars. Hopefully you listened. All you had to do at FanDuel, America's number one sports book, you had to put a $5 money line bet on the Cowboys to win $0.23 cents and then get $150 in bonus bets deposited into your account. That's all you needed to do because that's the promotion right now. A winning $5 money line bet to get $150 in bonus bets. If your team wins, you could have won a big $0.23 cents on the Cowboys to get that 150 and once you've got the 150 then you can you know find better teams to bet on than the giants like i did in my parlay uh you can bet the spreads the player props the over-unders and plenty more you've also got nba going full swing just ride out this timberwolves winning streak bet wolves every night uh don't bet the wild they're no good but you can bet hockey at fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel.com slash locked on the fanduel sportsbook app myriad ways to wager all the lines, all the leagues, including the NFL, FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. All right, Vikings defense continues to look strong. They give up 19. They let some craziness happen to them, courtesy of Jameis in the second half. But um, Sands, Davenport, I expected this pass, pass rush to struggle more. And I think I underestimated how the Flores pressure, particularly the six-man pressures, would just flabbergast quarterbacks. Um, And I think that there's something sustainable about it and something a little bit immune. I don't want to say immune to injuries because you still can't lose everybody. But I think that the team concept is so strong with this group that it doesn't always matter who's wearing the jersey, but the pressures that he devises schematically seem to work really well and get quarterbacks out of rhythm. And I thought Derek Carr, if Derek Carr had stayed in that game, the Saints probably end with three points because I didn't think he had anything against that group yesterday. Arif, how are you feeling about Flores and company? I feel great. Oh my God. He's really good. (laughs) I don't, there's not much to add. Uh, Top 15 defense now. What's it? Top 15 defense now, statistically. Uh, Oh uh, yeah, statistically, Amazing. I, I mean, like realistically, we think of them as a top ten defense. We we don't care about weeks one and two, right? Like, <laughs> throw that out. You know who cares? Yeah. Um, get out of here. It's Baker Mayfield. You can't be expected to stop Baker Mayfield. Uh, <laughs> you can only hope to contain him. Yeah. Um, Baker Mayfield is like if if Joshua Dobbs is like was was in essence right. It's like he's got one week with the playbook. Oh my god! And then after that, it's don't worry about it. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, what, what's really exciting about it is that it's a defense that you expect to apply a ton of pressure to the defensive backs, you know, like Cam Bynum and Byron Murphy and occasionally Makai Blackman when he's on the field and so on, a Caleb Evans, Andrew Booth, you know, whoever's healthy. Uh, and it, it does apply a fair amount of pressure to them, but a lot less than I had expected kind of going in. Um, it, it helps the pressure, obviously, sorry, the pressure obviously helps them a lot. Um, and the pressure is not arriving as fast as, as, as necessarily you'd always want to see it, but it all kind of coheres together anyway, right? Like you think, oh man, this puts a lot of 
a, a locus, like an individual uh, load on all of these individual defensive backs. And it's not pure man coverage, so it kind of doesn't do that. That's that's an important part of it. But also, it's just like they're rising to the occasion uh, and the types of pressures and looks that the Vikings are throwing at uh, quarterbacks forces them to hesitate or pause, which also helps the defensive backs out. I mean, even though, you know, we're, we're 10 weeks through the season, quarterbacks don't know what they're looking at. Um, I'm kind of curious what happens when we get a repeat matchup, but I'm also like, not that concerned about like Jordan love anyway. So like, you know, whatever, but <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's really fascinating just the way that the Vikings have embedded like the concept of chaos into the very way that they're running this defense and it's coherent. It's not like they took a normal defense and we're like, we're just going to take this and blitz a lot. Like the defense is, yeah, we we're blitzing a lot and we're going to design everything around that fact. Right. Um, and I think that's really cool too, that the, the, the defense is constructed around it rather than the blitz is kind of, or an addition to it. They blitzed, I think at their league low last week i believe it was the least that they have blitzed so yeah, far it was only 50 percent. yeah which is a response to <laughs> i think it was like 21 i think i saw somewhere what yesterday um, or the previous game the saints which i think oh, is a response to just the saints like a game plan yeah thing. but having that that club in your bag is pretty good to be like oh these guys are gonna do their you know we don't like we don't want them to be in their quick game let's let's do this a different way um they're they're well coached that's what it like the the strategy is very, very cool, but I don't want to overlook that. It's like when they're passing things off in Tampa's two zone, it's just really smooth. It's very efficient when one, when you exit one zone and enter the other, the scene between those is minimized. That's just really sound communication and coaching. And just that's having good practices. That's the only way to do that. Um, and, and I think with these Belichick style defenses, one of the things to your point, Sam, about how like it kind of doesn't matter, like the who stops mattering as much. Mm -hmm. That's kind of part of the philosophy. Is, yeah, the I mean, way they very, like, it's like they do your job. It. Yeah, the way they um, diagram it even eliminates some of the positional designations along the front. It's yeah, crazy. So instead so of like, like you've got a tackle or an or, or an end or whatever, they're all just X. They all play the same position. Yeah, everybody just is asked to do what, like the like their thing and i think in a lot of defenses you know when you have a defense and you have aaron donald on it you can wrap things around him and he is such a game wrecker that it kind of does become about aaron donald and maximizing his his, his various skill sets and i think these like belichick style defenses go no this machine will work and josh metellus you just have to blissy a gap or you know uh dj Wanham, you just have to drop into a hook zone i know that's not your uh, your your practiced skill set, but you just have to do this. And being able to take guys and ask extraordinarily specific things of them rather than asking them to be holistic superstars is part of what makes this thing sing. But to do that, like that's a more fragile system and it's more susceptible to mistakes of, you know, spacing it out improperly, timing things out improperly. And that we are not seeing that, I think is the real coaching triumph here. Uh, quick hitters to close the show. Alexander Madison concussed, likely out next week. Just speculation on my part. How are we feeling about a Chandler Wong Wu backfield? 
uh, I mean, Chandler looked really good. Um, so it's like hard for me to be like, ah, I'm so concerned. But like they, they kept bringing in guys above him for like a reason, right? Like they're, they're like, they're, like they 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 weren't just like, yeah, we've got no idea who this guy is, so let's bring in Miles Gasket, right? Like they they brought in like. <laughs> Cam Akers, I'm not going to say sight unseen because, you know, Kevin O'Connell's worked with them before, but they brought in Cam Akers and were like, yeah, you're running back two now. Like that, that to me is like a vote of non-confidence, right? And so, especially because, I mean, not that it matters as much at running back, but like he didn't know the playbook, a thing that it increasingly does not matter, I guess, here. But, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, like Hawkinson didn't know the playbook. Dobbs didn't yeah. know the playbook. <laughs> this does keep happening, huh? <laughs> yeah, like what's going on? Like, do we do we need a do we need a playbook? <laughs> but like Acre shows up and and it's not like he like you know kills it or anything like that. It wasn't a remarkably efficient offense, but like there's a reason for that, right? So I that is an important part of like figuring out how confident I am in Ty Chandler being a lead back, even though we've got now a small sample of him doing well as a running back from the backfield, not like a guy who catches a screen pass like a running back from the backfield that said what we saw that was pretty good kind of sucks and he got that touchdown taken away um i still don't totally see why there'd be a lack of confidence in his pass blocking i thought that he was pretty good in the preseason he gave up one pressure all preseason in like i don't know like 15 pass block snaps which is not the worst thing ever he certainly Um, physically can block we saw that on the scramble yeah, I'm, I don't know if it's a vision problem. Like, this was the Mike Boone thing. Mike Boone always looked electric, didn't know where to go. Maybe that's the issue. A lot that's of running kind of, backs. And and that is honestly Madison's problem, too, sometimes. Madison, by the way, career low right now, 3.5 yards per carry. Um, I Tough year for him. Yeah, tough when you're not the change of pace guy anymore. And But, you know, as much non-confidence as there's been in Ty Chandler, there's been more for Kenny Wangwu in his three years. I mean, there's no confidence. I mean, they gave him two snaps yesterday. Um, I think Dwayne McBride gets elevated. He's still in the practice squad, right? Yep. I think McBride. Um, uh, gets they brought money. in Gaskin this morning, but okay. I don't remember if they brought him into the practice squad. No, no, to their practice squad. Okay, so they could still choose to elevate someone else. Yeah. All right. So one of the two probably gets that elevation. Um, second quick hitter. Guess who got wide receiver two snap count yesterday? I didn't even realize this in the game. Yeah, Jalen Naylor. Suggesting it's not Brandon Powell. Oh, Jalen yeah. Naylor got 67 like snaps. I didn't even notice him except for the one catch. Yeah. I would have assumed he, it was he, reversed. Yeah, he played most of it. I mean, he played all the, the 12 personnel snaps. That's what, what causes that, which, yeah. like with KJ Osborne, that could be a blocking thing. Um, I think Osborne back next week, maybe Jefferson. And we'll see who. I, I wouldn't mind see, continuing to see Powell. I've liked him a lot. But I also am, I think Naylor had the best summer of anybody. So I'd like to see. Pal, more and plus, Powell had the, was it two penalties this last game? Yeah, the pick play and what was the other one? I forget, but I feel like there were two. Yeah. Oh, um, holding. He held a guy. Yeah. So can't yeah. do that if you're wide receiver four. Nope, you mm-hmm. cannot. Um, And DJ Wanham, last quick hitter. DJ Wanham got a game ball yesterday. Has Done better this year than I would have expected. Good for DJ Wanham. Good way to put it. Um, yeah, he did get he did get an unblocked pressure later in the game too. It was very exciting. <laughs> it's good to know that he's still him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah. 
but he's, uh he's you know him but not in like the slang way <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's, he's still himself that he's lowercase yes. him he hasn't lost uh, a hold of his identity <laughs> yeah right yeah um i was, I was like hey davenport though eligible this week right oh yep I we have not like Nobody's kind of asked about it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, eh, gone. Everybody kind of forgot about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Wanham, I just other like, stuff was going on. He's doing more in that he is like literally beating blockers to generate pressure and sacks. I just it's it's a lot of improvement, and I just it's not I don't I don't want to knock improvement, but it's like it's not great it is as, as a total package altogether. It's he's still great. not a starter. He also got like super victimized last week in the run. Yeah, so like they targeted him in the run and essentially ran a whole bunch of times away from Daniel Hunter, and that's how they ran six times in a row for a touchdown. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm glad he got like a, I shouldn't say genuine sack. They are genuine sacks, but like a pass rush win sack. But there's, there's a lot more left to explore here in the DJ Wanham improvement map. <laughs> it's nice to see him grow. I do not think he is earning a second. <laughs> so infantilizing. No. It's nice to see him grow. Good job. I mean, I could see a, a one-year minimum deal. I think the Vikings have shown yeah. that enough with role players that they are willing to just bring him back on that one-year deal. That could be a possibility. Are are the Vikings close at all to their eight IR designations? Because I feel like they've used it a lot this year. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, I just feel like, like they used them on high-profile guys, right? Ken A, Ken like a, a JJ, Davenport once or twice. Was Davenport just once? Just once, right? Once. He okay. wasn't on IR at the beginning. Mullins would be four. Wait, is he designated um, for return? Yep. Okay. Mullins is coming back. So at least four. Might be forgetting. Um, so they got four left. Halfway through the season, halfway through your IR designations. We're right on pace. It's fine. Probably, yeah. Probably good. Because at this point, if someone gets hurt, like you don't need to put them on IR. I mean, you could put them on, on IR without a designation at this point. Yeah. yeah yeah we got it, it kind of depends on on how important you think winning yeah. the playoffs is do you need them yeah do you need them <laughs> for the last two games of the year and the playoffs maybe all right uh vikings broncos sunday we'll have a show on thursday where we will get ron johnson's take we will make our latest parlay bets and we'll see if luke inman can send us some some footage of his time in mexico um not sure i don't know it might be he like Luke said on the postcast yesterday. He's probably you know mixed up in some unsavory business down there. So maybe Almost we don't certainly. want to know. Yeah, we don't want the video evidence. He's got he's uh, got the Luke Braun mask. I I understand. Oh no. <laughs> Thank you for watching on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Thank you for listening on the Locked On Vikings feed. He's Luke Braun. That's Arif Hassan. Subscribe to his Substack. Listen to Luke Braun's podcast, Locked On Vikings. And I'm Sam Ekstrom. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you on Thursday.